0: back to the short game this is a show where we talk about short video games games that respect your time i am one of your hosts reagan kelly and i've got three other awesome co-hosts on the line with me today laura nash how are you doing
1: i'm doing pretty spectacular a little tired because i stayed up way too late playing this game
0: oh well i guess that that counts as preparation shane kelly my bro host how are you doing shane i'm shane kelly and i'm here to say this game made me feel like bobby flay <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh lord <laughs> and Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? Well, I was doing well,
2: and then <laughs> Until I had a horrible You
0: heard fun. that <laughs> rap.
2: That was... I'm uncomfortable for everyone rap? now. Yeah, I don't know what that was.
0: Embarrassing myself on this show is just kind of my brand.
2: <laughs> well, that was on brand for sure. <laughs>
0: and this week we're going to be talking about Overcooked, a game that made a bunch of... Uh, best game of the year list 2016 and which we didn't quite make time for in 2016 but here it is our first game of 2017 overcooked is a cooking simulation game uh in a sense from ghost
2: town games and published by team 17 which blew me away when i saw it i'm like no way that's the company that publishes Worms. I love Worms. We've never done what uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we've oh, never like realized worms. that either. Yeah, it's a great franchise.
0: Bit of a sideline, but like, what is the Worms that people are playing now? Like, I haven't played a Worms game in what seems oh, like I don't know f- at
2: least five years. Is there like the current Worms game? What
1: are you even playing Worms on now? Like,
2: um, hold on, I've got one in my Steam library that I play sometimes. Let me double check which one it was.
1: Nate, Worms reporter Nate is on the case.
2: Worms Reloaded is the one that I have on, I, I, I don't even think that's the newest one, but that's the one that I play. It's it's a great game uh, to play with friends, you know, especially on my laptop will be somewhere and like, play Worms with me. I love Worms. It's been one of my favorite franchises forever. It's so silly. And uh, once I saw that Team 17 uh, was the publisher for Overcooked, I was so excited and I have to say there's... There's some like tonal similarities between like the silliness of like the Worms franchise and Overcooked. So my
0: gosh, they have made 18 Worms games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Jesus. Wow. It's so like Catamarty
1: Damacy, but yeah. with worms. Gosh.
0: That's nuts. Well, Overcooked is a game for Windows, PS4, and Xbox One, and uh, it is pretty much exclusively a multiplayer game. Uh, I'm going to be talking probably the least on this podcast uh, on this episode. For once, um, because I only got to play the the single player of this and only experienced the multiplayer for maybe a half an hour, so I didn't get the full overcooked experience, but all of the rest of you guys were able to uh, convince your friends and spouses to play multiplayer, and really,
2: that's where the meat of this game lies. Yeah, and I'm... (laughs) uh, I am so glad that I did. Uh, Couch Co-op is... will forever be one of my favorite Things in video games like going back. It's one of the things that got me into playing video games uh, way back, you know, um, two player Nintendo games. So I just love a good game that I can sit with someone and play. And this game did not disappoint. Uh, this was a ton of fun. Sorry, there uh, have been twenty-three Worms games. <laughs> I, I I left some of them off the list. Accidentally. You probably didn't go into the Worms like paintball and Worms 3D and stuff like that. You know, the, God. the Worms or, uh, dating
0: sim, the Worms board game. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not currently counting spinoffs. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry, did not mean to derail this. With just it an
1: important update.
0: Slack jawed. Counting.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, back to Overcooked. Nate, you said that, you know, how much you liked this game. It was kind of a hard sell at first. It's like, I made this game of the podcast. Come on, Justin, we're going to come play this game. Got it all set up. He was a little bit iffy on it. And then about the fourth, the third, Second level, things started moving, like physically the environment of the kitchen started moving and I've never seen, like he physically sat forward, he got super excited and he was like, oh, okay, this is on, like
2: this game is hard.
1: Because <laughs> I think he thought cooking sim, casual game, there's no way this game is going to be interesting. And you might have thought that too, if you just kind of heard cooking sim, multiplayer, like cartoony, but it gets very, very hard. And I've played some cooking sims, and I don't tend to like them because they are about being a perfectionist. This game isn't about being a perfectionist. This game is about survival.
2: (laughs) Just getting orders out. I don't know if you guys have ever worked in a restaurant, but if you've ever have and you've worked in the kitchen, and that moment when there's like way too many orders uh, and everyone is just yelling and running around, that's what it felt like in this, except for imagine that instead of being in a kitchen, you're in like two flatbed trucks that also split apart halfway through, and now <laughs> you're on the highway, or you're serving uh, uh, fried fish to penguins on an ice uh, on the top of an iceberg, and it's slippery and um, or burritos it's chaos. in space. Burritos in space. <laughs> yeah. I guess let's uh, set up the game a little bit, kind of yeah. get into some more sure, specific. Sure, I'd love to. Um,
0: so uh, this is a game that is all about communication, right? So um, the the basics of the game are very simple. Um, orders are going to come into the kitchen, and you need to usually grab an ingredient from an ingredient bin, chop it on a cutting board, and then cook it, plate it, and serve it, right? Right. Um, there's always more orders coming in. Um, if an order gets all the way down, uh, like each order has a timer. And if that timer expires, um, you basically just lose points. Uh, there's a time, there's an overall kind of global timer that's running at all times. And you just want to do as well as you can in the time you're given. Deliver as many orders as you possibly can. And, that is um that is kind of stymied your efforts there are blocked by uh the most disastrously designed kitchens ever invented mm-hmm. um, some of them are they have kitchens that are everything from uh infested with rats uh to haunted to in a volcano <laughs> um, and or you know even in outer space and yeah. um what really makes this game Like what the the, the game is made to be played as a co op experience. Mm -hmm. And there are so many games out there that co op just means take the main character and clone him. And now you can both do all the same things and they make it harder. And this game is not like that. Uh, This is a game where they made working together as a team. The goal of the game. Everything is designed in such a way that one person can do it all very, very slowly. Two people properly communicating can do much, much better.
2: Yeah, this game is 100% about efficiency, down to the like, you're, if you really want to like ace some of these things, you're like counting your steps almost, like charting your routes and assigning roles. And you, you could not. I, I would imagine that you cannot beat these levels without uh, – at least some of them without a firm plan in mind and a discussion Absolutely. of who's doing what. And and so to like even go more into what Shane was saying about like it's not just uh, two people doing the same thing they will actually split up the roles where you are forced to work together. So, like, let's imagine you're just making... The simplest thing you can make is a salad. Uh, You have to cut up lettuce, you have to cut up tomatoes, you have to put it on a plate, and you serve it. Uh, Well, in one of the earlier levels, the uh, tomatoes are on one side, and one player has access to the tomatoes, and on the other side, the player has access to the lettuce. So, player A just cannot get lettuce unless player B hands it to him. So you're forced to like call things out and organize. And that is like the simplest version of it because it eventually gets to where there's things cooking, things can burn. um, You need multiple ingredients. Cooking a pizza requires upwards of five ingredients put together, put into an oven and then put onto a plate. So it just gets more complicated. And then the level splits in half and a bunch of rats come out and grab all your open ingredients And it's chaos. And it's great. (laughs) It's
1: fantastic chaos. And one of my favorite things about the game is there's so many little details in Overcooked. But one of the smartest things they did is give a little thumbnail preview of the level on the selection screen. So when you're about to hit uh, go on the menu, when you are just confirming that everyone's there, they have a little preview window. And we sat there probably, I wouldn't say half, but I'd say a good 10 to 15% of our time on Overcooked was just staring at that screen
0: and like, <laughs> arguing
1: about like what went wrong and where we were going to do and how this time, okay, on this side, oh, okay. So this, and then we'd try to do this before we played for the first time. And every time we would get have this plan and then suddenly rats would come out or suddenly the, <laughs> the entire, like all the walls started moving because the thing was haunted. And so I loved how it surprised you. You thought you yeah. could plan and then the game would just kind of, literally throw lava at you (laughs)
2: yeah molly and i had the same experience but we actually we stopped we would because we would we'd look at that thumbnail and be like okay so i'm probably going to be on this side you're probably going to be on this side look there's the lettuce there's the tomato there's the fryer and then then yeah it would be totally different and so we eventually we would start doing that and then we'd be like no this is stupid we just have to play the level and then I we're probably going to fail the first time and then we're going to stop and then we're going to like talk about it and then we're going to try it again and then again. And Being then again. able to
1: talk about it with that picture is super helpful. That
2: what you both are describing, kind of talking
0: between between yourselves as the players is what defines kind of the experience of playing this game for me because as a player in this game – Um, if you are not talking to one another, you will fail. And, um, like it's, it's, it's going to throw you all these different curveballs. There's all these ways that it tries to sort of disrupt any plan that you create. Things that move, um, new orders that come in that have to be discussed, you know, because if you, if you put, you know, tomato on this burger and send it out. Uh, that's not the, you know, that's not the order that I was trying to put together. Look at the damn thing, right? <laughs> look at the, look, look at the damn order list. <laughs> um, so <laughs> communication is key in this game and that is, that's what I think it makes this game really unique because unlike other cooperative games that we've covered, like, um, I think my favorite cooperative game that we've ever played for this show would be Assault Android Cactus. That's a game where no, almost no communication is required between the two players, who in order to work as a team but in this game com- communication is absolutely fundamental
1: and i loved how much the game uh communicated back to you i loved the error prevention it's a it's like a really weird thing to congratulate a game on but i have played cooking sims in the past where you could go all the way to the end and then serve something to the customer and you'd be like that pizza has no tomato sauce and then you would get a zero in this game They know the challenge is your communication. So if you try to put one in the oven, it'll say no tomatoes or like you try to serve it. They'll be like, no plate. It'll tell you what you did wrong because that's not the point of the game. And I think it keeps it simple and streamlined and and keeps it moving.
2: You can serve the wrong thing. But you it can won't. Serve the
1: wrong thing. But it you won't let like, you
2: do an incomplete dish. You're right. Correct. But you can serve the wrong thing, and you get a big red and it, <laughs> and it feels. Oh, you terrible. can give
1: someone who gave a burrito a fish and chips, but you can't like just serve uncooked meat on a plate.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a really, really excellent uh, article about this game, sort of an interview with the developers over at Gamma Sutra, and I'll try to have a link to that in the show notes. But It really kind of explains why this game's multiplayer or cooperative multiplayer experience is so good. And obviously, this game was designed with that as the kind of fundamental game design idea, building a multiplayer uh, cooperative game that required communication between folks. But, like, there's just a few little ideas that once you understand how this game is encouraging you to cooperate – it all builds on itself. You know the key central central idea is like, okay, you've got a kitchen where maybe I need to get things from point A to point B. But there's a countertop in the way, and I can go the long way around that countertop, and it will take me twice as long as it would take to hand something across that countertop to somebody standing on the other side. And so all of the kitchens are kind of based around that central design idea of just the layout of the kitchen is such that you have to cooperate with your colleague, you know, co-player, whatever, to uh, to get things from point A to point B in a quick efficient way. And they start adding more and more complexity on top of that. But that sort of key fundamental idea, we have a kitchen where there's stuff in the way. You have to hand things from person to person in order, you can walk it around, but it will always take longer to do that. And also what that kind of enforces is this idea that there are always more roles, more jobs to do in the kitchen than there are people to do them. So people are constantly having to juggle between them. Yeah, what Julia and I constantly ran into on that was washing dishes. Um, yeah. as, as, you, as you serve the food, you, you use up your available plates. And the plates will be returned dirty, and there's a dishwashing station. Uh, but actually washing those dishes is very time consuming. And then you have to get the plates over to the food. Um, And so coordinating who was actually on dishwashing duty was a big part of of the communication that was required for us. We kept having situations where um, like someone would be either not paying attention to the dishes or would be paying too much attention to the dishes and being distracted from the more important job of actually preparing the food. There's no way really in almost any of these situations for each person to kind of pick a job and do it the whole time. There's always slightly more jobs than there are people. And so you're finding you have to like shuffle back and forth. And that's what's interesting about it is that like each person is kind of coming up with jobs for themselves to do. You know, a lot of uh, co-op games there's clearly defined roles for people, clearly defined jobs that you have to do as you're doing it. And each person kind of picks a job, I'm going to heal, or I'm going to be the tank or something. Obviously, that would have to be different. In this context, maybe it would be I'm going to be the person who does the dishes. But nothing will get done if one person only does the dishes. Everyone has to be flexible and switching back and forth. And that requires communication.
2: That was kind of our go-to strategy. Is we would we would pinpoint a certain set of things that like maybe our character had access to that the other person didn't, or just like we had a good grasp of the level. And it, a lot of it would be I would say, okay, what I'm doing in this map is I will be cutting and prepping, uh, veg, you know, ingredients. I will be cooking. You will serve, do dishes, and you will do this ingredient, but. Uh, and, and that would work sometimes. There were some levels where you could, everyone just have like two or three rolls and you could do it fine. Uh, but the game, uh, I, they've designed it as such to force you to uh, switch up. Sometimes the whole map will turn counterclockwise and everything you had access to before, you no longer have access to and the person bef- you in know, the other side has to do it. So it does ultimately require most maps Everyone having a total understanding of everything that's going on. And it leads to these, like, silly shouting, like, well, I was working on the pizza. It still needs mushrooms. And we've got that burrito over there that still (laughs) needs rice. Get the rice. (laughs) Get the rice. And, like, okay, I'm getting the dishes. I'm getting the dishes. And just, like, it it made me think of um, that game, like, Space Team uh, Mm -hmm. on your phone, which is awesome. And in Space Team, you're shouting nonsense. Um, but it's like orders, and this you're shouting actually clearly defined situations, but what's happening on your screen is nonsense. I mean, and it's
1: so funny because I think most of the time when I really screwed up, it would be things like, um for example, in the lava game, um, my strategy was to make like most of a burrito and just leave it on the floor. <laughs> it just was like... And just, like, run across the lava, <laughs> stick it on the floor, and run back. Because Justin had meat and plates. And he could just, like, put it on the meat and plate and serve it. And he was like, no, floor burrito is such a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're yelling, like, completely perfect contextual. Floor burrito was a great strategy, by the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> strat. Floor burrito was, a, was on point. That's some um, L-
0: MLG burrito making right there. <laughs> but
1: there also would be times, so you can be really smart and throw those floor burritos health code be damned but you also would have times where you would make a full burrito and you would just walk off the edge of the truck and fall into the abyss and then all the food went away uh. or like when when things were on a like i've on one level i just kept accidentally dropping things in the trash can because it was right next to where i was supposed to be and i just like <laughs> throw things away
2: <laughs> well there's it's a so map bad. where um it, the 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 kitchen is cut in half by a river with floating uh, icebergs that go yes. down and mm-hmm. you have to run across the icebergs and you have to, it's like a frogger type thing where you have to get onto one iceberg timing is key and also yeah. oh, that and ice, was so it's, and it's ice so it's all slippery and it's slippery was and there were so many times where we would someone would be crossing the uh the icebergs with a full dish and if you fell in it's gone so we had to make the rule no crossing the river with a complete dish. All built, like all building of the dish would be on the side that it got served on. If you're crossing, you're just carrying ingredients. And once we made that rule, we were no longer dropping like full-on meals yes. into the water.
1: That is the level that got us floor Burrito. Something that yeah.
0: took us a long time to figure out was that there's That's a right. run button in this game. Because yeah. the, the what? diagram what? for the controls... Wait, there's a dash like, button. There's... There's no, uh, there's no image of it on the control, the control screen that pops up pretty regularly. Um, I think it's like circle. It's circle. Um, yeah. And when you hit it, like your, your little character lets out a little like dust cloud fart and like scoots forward. They don't tell you that anywhere. And when I discovered that, like it changed a lot for me because you're able to, you're able to like get up a little bit of speed and then just like hurl a dish. Uh, across some some gaps and things like that which is you know risky but sometimes it really pays off so
2: that blows my mind because <laughs> we beat the game and we beat the first DLC Without and I did not I did not know that that is there so if you're wow. listening it's not necessary maybe we We're making it harder for ourselves and just being even more efficient. But I did not know that that exists because it's not on the control page. That's funny. The
0: controls in that way are a little bizarre. There's a second thing that I think is very weird about the controls, which is that they have an option for two players to share one controller. Yeah. Huh.
1: How does that even work?
0: I put my hand on the left side. You put your hand on the right side. We each get one uh, thumbstick. And the d-pad and the um, and the um, the buttons are mirrored or you can use the triggers I've seen stuff like that done on like the Vita and other handhelds I think it's actually a kind of a nice option to have because you maybe you don't have an extra controller around yeah um, it, it's all enabled by the fact that this game has incredibly simple and easy controls I think it's sort of incumbent on a game that's like kind of a party multiplayer game to have simple controls to make it easy to introduce to people. Uh, This game uses two buttons. I mean, you could probably play this on an NES controller. This has a uh, a button for pickup and a button for like interact, which is mostly like chopping or plating. And apparently
2: a button for dash.
0: Apparently that too. (laughs) Although that's a that's a deep, dark secret of the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, Justin hit it by accident and it changed our lives. Except you really can't use it on the ice levels, guys.
2: That's funny because I'm the type of player where whenever I play a game for the first time, I hit every single button on the controller to see what it does. But like the the control scheme just said the two buttons, so I never even hit, never even accidentally hit another button. Uh, it reminded me of that game. Um, Brothers, uh, A hmm. Tale of Two Brothers or whatever, where uh, <laughs> where you're controlling the left brother with the left stick and the left joystick and the right brother with the right stick and the right button. So I was imagining there's got to be some insane person out there who could play this game two-player as one person, controlling one chef with one – Hand and another chef with another hand.
0: Yeah, and uh, and now might actually be a good time to talk about the single-player experience of this game Which is pretty weird um, So I mostly played this single-player, which I don't necessarily recommend um, And in a sense, I actually think I would have probably preferred that like being able to control both uh, cooks simultaneously but their, their single-player experience for this game is designed around switching between the two characters. So contrasting this with something like um, uh, um, uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space-Time, where they give you kind of an AI partner. You know, Both of these are games that are designed exclusively around a sort of a two-player or two-plus-player cooperative multiplayer experience. Um, uh, that game gave you an AI partner that you could give basic commands, and then they would just do their best. So you would tell that your AI partner, which was like your pet, like go man the guns, and it would shoot at things automatically for you. And it would do the aiming and everything. In this, you've got two cooks, there's never less than two cooks in the kitchen. um, But you can toggle between them. And they've tweaked the game a little bit for two players. So if you're playing as if you're playing one player and controlling both cooks, you switch between them. You can't give your cook, um, uh, you can't give your cook individual instructions and then let them do their thing. Um, they just lengthened the amount of times time that it takes to do certain actions, like chopping. So, I can control one cook, tell them to go chop an onion, and switch to cook B and cook A will take longer to chop in the single-player version than they do in the multiplayer version. But that means that I can then leave them chopping, switch to cook B, and have cook B go get some more ingredients, something like that. So it's um, it's it's a kind of a weird hack, I guess, to get a, a single-player experience out of what's fundamentally a multiplayer game. And I'll be perfectly honest, I don't recommend it. This is a two-player game, two-player plus, up to four. Mm -hmm. And it has a single-player experience that I think is just sort of, you know, part of the requirements of getting this game on to various platforms. I I don't even know if it's allowed for you to put it a multiplayer-only game on some some platforms. And it's just sort of expected. It's not what I'd recommend.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've been sitting here talking about how communication is like, it's not only the key to the game, it is also like the game. You know, like like figuring out your plan, figuring out how you're gonna do it, assigning the roles and, and dealing with the mishaps and everything. Like that's the game. So playing by yourself, while probably I could imagine it would maybe be satisfying to complete like it's more it becomes more like a puzzle game than it becomes like a co op game. Yeah. So uh, I I Yeah, this game, and we we should also
0: say no online multiplayer on this one. Similar to a lot of the other games that we've talked about Mm -hmm. that are sort of couch co op oriented, I don't know if that's primarily a like design decision or a technical limitation. I don't think this would be a really hard game to build online co op for, but it may just have been sort of outside their scope or outside their budget. I think if you're going to build online co op for for a game like this, uh, you have to include um, voice chat. And, like, I don't think they could just put you into a matchmaking pool with somebody and have you succeed no. at this game.
2: Yeah, No. But, like, a server where, or like, you can host games, but mm-hmm. not, like, it's just get online and play. I would have really um, liked yeah.
0: an, an option to play this online with Shane or, you know, all four of us together. It would have been super mm-hmm. fun. And we've done online multiplayer games in, you know, other games where, you know, the, the PlayStation 4 or other platforms like that have a pretty good uh, support for parties and voice chat. I would really like the opportunity yeah. to do that. But I that's this game does not afford it.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I have to imagine this is the the same thing we see uh with other small indie games where they just had to you know, they have a limited amount of resources and maintaining an online game is a very, very different set of resources mm-hmm. um and requires Maintaining, you know, with with a game like this, they can finish it, put it out, work on DLC or whatever. If you have online elements, you have a staff that is dealing with constant online elements. So, as a side note, I would have loved to see like
0: platforms make that a little simpler. Like, I'd love to be, I'd love to see a a simpler, like like developer friendly uh, option from PlayStation, for example, to to make it easier to add. Uh, multiplayer experiences to games like this without the developers having to bend over backwards and spend a lot of money on it.
2: Um, yeah, so I think we've hit a lot of like how the game feels, but I think there's a few things still that are worth kind of talking about. Uh, mostly to me for their like adorableness, uh, the 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 game do- is set up in a campaign. It's not just a like you know random series of levels. There's kind of a story. It it doesn't really matter, but it's still adorable. There's a uh, a big monster attacking that's the only way it can be kind of satiated is if you can feed it enough. Um, and so you, as your chefs, are kind of traveling the world, um, learning how to cook different things so that you and may there's be there's time able travel to, involved. Yeah, there is time do travel, do do space do do travel. Do 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 do. It's the uh,
1: 90s now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and there's this, like... A totally unnecessary, but I just—it's—I—I I don't know why I just loved it. There's this like overworld, uh, where you drive a little bus from map to map, and it like there's little trees and little like buildings and windmills and stuff that you can drive your little bus around, and you just drive from world one one, you beat it, then you get in your little bus, you drive over to world two two you or 1 2 you play that one then you drive your little bus over and it's just like so silly and felt so unnecessary but it just uh, it was fun to-
1: And I loved the weird goofy character designs. I think I mentioned that Justin was in when the uh game started moving. I think the second time that Justin got really excited and I did too was we saw a raccoon. We're like, oh, "We could play as a raccoon." And he goes, and it's in a wheelchair, which means then <laughs> the little raccoon wheelchair, because you we were zooming all over the place with the dash button. When he does the dash button, it's like a little cloud, and he, like, almost pops a wheelie. Like, it's the cutest. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. yeah. There's
1: a cartoon yeah. Raccoon yeah. dashes. D-
0: differently abled raccoon was, 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 <laughs> was a highlight of this game for me.
2: Yeah, there, there's little, like, a little cat, little bunnies, Super little, weird. like, there's just... Just a ton of fun little characters. It's all super delightful. And, like, it just adds Lovely brown
1: woman with bright red thick glasses glasses. that Justin played for with half of them.
2: Ugly old guy. Uh, Grumpy man. Yeah. A cardboard box head guy, which I played for, uh, played with a lot. Um,
0: Not to mention the, like, tiny armed onion king with the enormous mustache who is (laughs) on all the the box
2: art. He's great. The dog's name was Kevin which was what we called our cat for, like, two months before we found out uh, the sex and and named her. Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also love The Onion King has a uh, whiteboard. The beginning of the game is empty, and as it goes on, it gets increasingly, like, a beautiful mind conspiracy theorist with Mm string, but it's all, like, ingredients. It's, like, different parts of a burger. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no bearing on the plot whatsoever.
2: So what were some of your guys' uh, favorite – what was your favorite thing to make? Or what was your least favorite thing to make? Mm.
1: I liked burritos because it used a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. Because mm. you had to chop
1: steak, fry it, and you had to cook rice in pots. And then we got a burner problem. And Angie then not have to do tortillas and a plate. So I liked the fussiness of a burrito because we thought it was going to be super fun and then we're like oh wait no this is terrible we're on a lava island and everything is rotating and um, (laughs) all the frying pans are on your side and this is just the worst thing (laughs) these kitchens are so badly designed
0: (laughs) I think like different from it's not about what recipes you like and that's this is one of the places where this game differs from a lot of of cooking games is that there's actually comparatively of small number of recipes in this game Um, like, and the recipes are really relatively straightforward and there's hinting on screen for you for every step of the, of the process. It's all about the disruptions that they put in between you and actually completing those recipes. So you'll have maybe like the first five or 10 levels, like, and you'll maybe learn two different recipes. And I think it's, and and there's almost never a situation where you're making two different recipes in the same kitchen. It's all about just being able to complete one simple task, um, you know, in the face of, you know, lava and penguins.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And also we haven't mentioned if you leave things cooking for too long, they catch on fire and then the fire spreads and you have to grab a fire extinguisher to put it out. And sometimes with the segmentation of levels, if you're not careful, you'll have something cooking and then like there'll be an earthquake and the level will split in half. And if you didn't have someone who was over there when it got split on half, well, that's for sure going to burn and catch on fire. And then you have to like find the fire extinguisher and put it out. Um, I liked making pizza. I thought it was a cool concept. You had to get the dough, chop up the dough, then you had to get the cheese, the sauce. And then there was like, Is it a mushroom pizza? Is it a a sausage pizza? Is it an onion pizza? Is it all of them? It had the most amount of ingredients. And then you had to bake it. Um, They also do a really good job of... uh, Each level has three different score rankings, and you're awarded stars. If you do a terrible job, you get no stars. Uh, Then, you know, going upwards to three if you do a good job on the level. Uh, And those stars act as like a currency to unlock the next level. Um, So it forces you very casually because the requirements aren't super high, but it does force you to three-star a reasonable amount of levels to actually get to the, like if you want to beat the game, you're going to have to have three-starred I would say probably around 60% of the levels uh, to actually, like, unlock the last level. Three-star and then the rest all being two-stars. Like, you can't beat the game just doing one-star below. Um, and with that, what's really nice is that the requirements to three-star level are not perfection, It's just asking for a certain level of, like, competency.
1: So I was so sure I was going to love this game that I bought the bundle, which has um, a DLC uh, that seems to be, like, gourmet-themed, and then they also call The Last Morsel. And then there was a second one called The Holiday-themed, and the art on it shows everybody around a table eating a turkey, which Mm -hmm. sounds terrifying and perfect. So I'm really excited to play that. There's more modes. There's a competitive mode we didn't even touch Like it seems like I will be playing this game for a lot longer than I anticipated because I thought it was going to be more of a party game and I didn't expect to get sucked into the campaign and really want to keep playing. Mm -hmm. Because often with party games, I play a level I'm set. Like, didn't get through a lot of the Wii games that were like that unless I was at a party. I think I'm going to keep playing this for quite a while.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I played the winter DLC and it's awesome. Uh, you do learn how to make a like a turkey dinner. You got to cut up potatoes. You got to <laughs> you know you got to roast. You get a flamethrower to roast the turkey, what? and then you have to roast the potatoes, and then you have to roast carrots. And people order um, a turkey with potatoes and carrots, or just a turkey, or whatever. Um, and there's some really interesting levels with conveyor belts and the range of the flamethrower. <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um I did play 3 player uh the campaign played 3 player which was fun. Um you know another you know another set of hands in the kitchen. Um I think the orders go a little bit faster. Uh I will say that <laughs> what made it the the difficulty factor was that your players don't clip through each other. So <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So space actually becomes a thing and like there's a lot of maps where it's like one player fits through a certain row and you'll have three of us who are all, you know, trying to do your own thing kind of and is like, get out of my way. Jesus Christ, I need to, you know, like the soup's burning and a lot of like screaming at each other to get a, out of their out of each other's way, which didn't happen as, as much for two player. So I can imagine four player is a lot of people like. Stepping on each other, um, my wife
0: and I had a moment uh when we were playing this game where um she was just really just full throated shouting at me, uh, <laughs> telling me uh you know that I was screwing up, and I just started shouting back, and I were like, we need to take a break <laughs>
2: yeah I have to say, so i there's a similar experience this game can be frustrating because. Um, there's sometimes where I felt like, and this is, if I had any, like, th- I don't even know if this is criticism because this might've been intentional, but there's sometimes where it feels like it's like the hit boxes felt wrong. You know, like I know that I was like angled the right way and I was setting something down and it just like hits the floor or like, I'm trying to set something on a burner and it sets it like, right next to the burner and it was you like,
1: put the fire extinguisher accidentally in the corner of the room and you can't reach it and everything's on fire
2: huh. yeah it was and, a real
1: good bug for me
2: so like the, sometimes it felt like this game needed one more coat of polish on like the way things interact with each other also they used the wrong it's one time and i'm no, just no. like how did that make it through the game but that you know that's whatever. Don't they have like um, a, a quality assurance on these things? What are they doing? It's so, yeah. So it, uh, it, 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 I loved this game. There are some frustrating times when things are not going the way you want them to go. Uh, but I will say, Molly and I played for like four hours and then we went grocery shopping. We were like a strike force at that grocery store <laughs> it was like we were like we were like if efficiency was on our brain there was a point where we were at uh um we were at the cash register and my goes cart coming down and she's like pushing the cart and i'm like got the cart you know like, <laughs> like exactly what we were doing when we were playing the game just like shouting out what we were doing and shouting out that we acknowledged that the other person <laughs> was doing these things so so ultimately, good for your marriage or bad for your marriage? Uh, I well, it just put us in this like hyper mode of like, what is like the least amount of steps we can take on anything that we do in our lives? Uh, fortunately, that's kind of died down. But it was <laughs> cheaper
1: by the dozen style.
2: <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. You get in this like mode of just like, I don't know, the game, especially if you play it for a lot, like a, an extended amount of time. Uh, you are just like constantly thinking about like, what route should I take? What's the best way to do this? Who does what? I cut this. I set it here so you can pick it up. Exactly when you're done picking that up, like I'm plating this. Do you have a dish? You know, it's just like constant shouting at doing tasks.
1: (laughs) So Jess and I went from playing this game to working at a food bank and we were sorting sweet potatoes and we were the team, like, obsessively, like, okay, pick up, check. Hey, this is the fastest way to tie a bow. Like, what is the fastest <laughs> way to, like, like? we were checking bread for expiration dates and packing it. And people were packing it slowly. So I was like, okay, we're going to reorganize all the bread so that it's by size so that people can put it in the right. I was like, we were the most obnoxious people. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm awesome. sure they were like, yay, we love volunteers, but not those two.
2: Yeah. Come on, keep a chiller atmosphere here at the volunteer food bank.
1: Yeah, they're like it's a, it's a Saturday, guys.
2: <laughs> That's pretty funny. It reminded me a little bit um of remember the game Papers Please? Mhm. Which was all about like efficiency of like hand movement. I was kind of getting a little bit of that sometimes except for you had to get someone else to also be as efficient or someone had to get you to be as efficient whereas Papers Please was just a Like, I'm playing this game by myself.
0: So it's a bit of a side note, but I wanted to do a brief call-out to another cooking game that I strongly, strongly recommend. If you liked Overcooked and are looking for a more in-depth or hardcore game, or if you're looking for a cooking game that is more designed around a single-player experience, although it does have multiplayer, but it's a primarily single-player game, I cannot recommend enough – Cook Serve Delicious, which is available on all sorts of things from the iPad to Steam to the PlayStation 4. Jamie and I played a lot of Cook Serve Delicious, although individually we didn't really try the multiplayer element. Um, but it's another cooking game, uh, or you you have a small restaurant and you kind of build up your restaurant by cooking better dishes, attracting attracting a more uh, you know wealthier clientele, building up your restaurant, going from like a small diner uh, in the basement of a high rise all the way up to like a four star restaurant, right? And what really set this one apart was that its recipes are relatively complex, but it becomes almost like a Typing of the Dead style uh, competition. If you've played Typing of the Dead, you're typing in little like codes. Well, you know, you might have a uh, a uh, hamburger recipe where you've got. Ten possible ingredients to use, and each person who comes in requests a hamburger with a different subset of those ingredients, and each of them has a key on your keyboard. And I played them mostly on on a PC. This is done a little differently on consoles where you have a controller. But you know, somebody might say, "I want I want a burger with I want it medium. I want it with lettuce, and I want it with onions." And you might you know put the the meat on the grill. Uh, with the, I don't know, M key. I don't remember the keyboard keys off the top of my head now. And then you might add lettuce by hitting the L key and tomatoes by hitting the T key. Um, it becomes this like incredibly fast-paced, almost like a typing game, but more fun than that makes it sound. I cannot recommend Cook, Serve, Delicious enough. It is an absolutely stellar game. And Cook, Serve, Delicious 2 is... That came out in – twenty. Er, the original game came out in 2013. It's been a little while. Cook Serve Delicious 2 is coming out in 2017. I absolutely cannot wait. Not so much a short game, but I wanted to mention it since we're talking about cooking
2: games. I have not played very many cooking games, but that sounds great. The only other one I can think of was the Nintendo Wii one called Cooking Mama's Cook-Off. Oh, man, uh, yes. Cooks, which is So many Cooking insanity. Mama games. Yeah. So good. It's insanity. So that sounds great.
0: I actually learned a lot of interesting food stuff from – Cooking games and cook, uh, cooking Mama in particular, like y- you learn about like I mean, obviously those are Japanese games, so you learn about like Japanese recipes that you wouldn't otherwise know about. And then I've later gone back and like l- like had those in person and realized, oh, actually, Cooking Mama was doing a pretty good job of explaining what this is. <laughs> like, it's really it's really fun. Cooking games are a great way to uh, to like learn about food, which is a weird thing to say.
2: That well, makes sense. It's the primary subject matter, so. Yeah. I would imagine you at least learn a little bit about cook about food.
0: So I totally recommend overcooked and cook serve delicious. If you want to want a single player experience, but overcooked is absolutely a fantastic party game. Um, if you haven't tried it, it's available on the PlayStation four, the Xbox one and on steam. If I recall correctly, I think it's available on both Mac and PC, but I may be wrong about that. Do you guys know? Mm. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. It looks like just windows. Um, Another little side note, if you're the sort of person who likes collecting physical copies of their games better than they enjoy like digital downloads, obviously this is a downloadable game, but if you want the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 version, uh, you can buy it for 20 bucks on a disc on Amazon. I think it's probably available other places as well, and that version includes the first DLC, so it comes out to basically the same price as the
2: download if you prefer a disc copy. Uh, you can do that. Yeah, I can't recommend this game enough. I mean, you will yell at whoever you're playing with, but hopefully you'll laugh more than you'll yell at each other. Um, I think we we really hit the fun side of this game the most. This game is a lot of you and whoever you're playing with uh, yelling at each other to do things. So I hope that sounds fun to everyone. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. It sets up there. Shane... Uh, Super Android Cactus has been probably my favorite multiplayer game that we've yep. done, like Couch Co-op. Um, but this is very different, and this scratches a lot of itches, and this is a game that I cannot recommend enough t- for people who like Couch Co-op. So what are we playing next, guys?
1: We are going to play Pony Island, the very, very strange little beast of the game that that is.
0: So that one made a lot of interesting, like, best of the year lists in twenty. 20- uh, 16, And we didn't get around to playing it, um, but we're going to correct that error here in January 2017. So if you uh, have thoughts about Pony Island, let us know. You can write to us on Twitter at underscore short game, or you can drop by our website, www.theshortgame.net, where you can leave us a comment. There's a, there's a contact form there. That's a really good way to get in touch with us if you like longer form stuff. Um I've been one of your awesome co-hosts, Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R A Y G A N K. Uh, where can people find you guys, uh, Laura? You
1: can find me on Twitter at Laura J Nash.
2: Nate, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nate STL. And uh, to pony, or pony, <laughs> to piggyback on uh, Reagan, we've re- recently received several emails uh, and some tweets from people uh, recommending games and just have to double down saying how much we love hearing from you guys. So please keep that up because we got some awesome feedback some awesome suggestions
0: yeah thank you guys so much for for dropping us a line we really really enjoy that we all read them we all I uh, try to make sure i respond to all of them if you didn't receive a reply from me from one of those please please forgive me and please do reply back uh but i'm pretty sure i've got, caught most of them um shane where can people find you you can find me over on twitter at 8bit shane and one last thing to mention this is a time of year where we would really love to get some uh some ratings and reviews on iTunes. I know it's dumb. iTunes is one of those programs that kind of people love to hate. But uh, if you have a moment, dropping us a review on iTunes, a nice positive review is a really big way to help the show. We do not ask for money. We don't run ads. We don't have a Patreon or anything like that. Um, but the best way that you can help the show if you like us is to leave us a review and we really do appreciate those. So thank you guys so much for joining us all the way into 2017. Uh, this is going to be a really exciting year for the show. And thank you so so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.